Listen up, all you New York fans. Veteran New York sports talk host John Dostromsky gives his unique take on all the big stories in the Big Apple and beyond, including guest conversations, gambling picks, and reactions from you, the listener. Check out New York, New York with John Dostromsky on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. Join me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com. It's Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin Verno! A couple of throwbacks in there. O'Bomber, O'Concert. Those I got to keep them on their toes. I got to keep them on their toes, Kevin. Those are some of the original ones, aren't they? Uh... <laughs> We have, uh, we'll talk about some of the games that took place last night because there was some interesting stuff that took place, and then we'll get to the stories of the week. First thing is we had a game last night that had four ejections in the game, and that was at the end of the Pacers-Jazz game. Uh, Miles Turner blocks Rudy Gobert. Gobert grabs his shorts, pulls him down. <laughs> Turner gets up, bumps him. This turns into Hugfest 2021. And oh, then great Engel- hugging. Sure, great hugging last night. Joe Ingles comes in. He pushes Ed Malloy out of the way. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell bumps a ref. And all four of them get thrown out of the game, ejected from the game, and who knows what kind of penalties are going to come down. But it's not as much this particular ridiculous mini melee. <laughs> it is that this is now the second time in a week. We do two shows a week. And we're talking about two different fracases in mm. each show. Fracases. And one of the things that has been a common thread amongst people observing this NBA season is that it is a more physical brand of basketball. Free mm. throws are down, and it has been a more physical brand of basketball that is being played. And I cannot help but think, as we are only 10 or 11 games into this season, if this is going to be the side effect of, right? That we, yes, there are less fouls being called. Yes, there are more free throws being taken. In fact, at a historically low rate. But the level of aggression is going to get higher once the competition gets better and the game gets more physical. Now you are putting into play guys' tempers in a way that we have not seen all that much. It would be here and there, but we've already had a couple of these already in the season. We've had a lot of text early in the season and players kind of getting into it. And so I couldn't help but think last night as that game's playing out, like, I mean, at some point somebody's going to throw punches and then, hmm. oh maybe, God, maybe. do we have to, do we have to go back to weenie ball after that happens? Right. We, it, you, what, call it, you call it weenie ball? Weenie ball. Weenie what's, ball. How'd you come up with that? In what's, fourth grade what's, or something? No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, ba- it's basketball for weenies. So <laughs> you have brought back physicality, but the shrapnel of that is Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner hugging each other and ejections and 
you know, not fights, but like, you know. No, that's not even close to a fight or even a it's like it's a scuffle. It's a scuffle. But really, it was just a nice hug. It was, was. but at some point, one of those guys is going to throw a punch. That would be my prediction. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely possible. Did you see uh, last week when Joel Embiid, after I think not getting a foul call, he kind of swung his his fist and got Lonzo in the forehead? Yeah. (laughs) It it wasn't an intentional thing at all, but a a punch was kind of thrown and made contact. Somehow Lonzo didn't get knocked out from that. That was, he had a lot of momentum behind that fist. Well, and I don't know if you saw Terry Rozier tweet his tweet that was going around this morning. I did not. W uh, the the NBA is becoming the WWE or something like that. Because I mean, it, it is twice in one week. Yeah, that we have had these like fake fights, and I'm just saying, at some point, somebody's going to get actually mad, and somebody's going to hit somebody, and then I worry about it because there is an increased level of physicality. And you are seeing guys' tempers shoot off in a way that we had not seen before. And I think you could draw a, a you know, a straight line between, you know, if you're letting more mm-hmm. stuff go, guys are going to get more frustrated. And then when they get more frustrated sure. and heated, tempers are going to flare. Yeah, and testosterone rises. Yeah. Oh, they're all angry. That's they're right. all going to fight. I mean, who knows? I mean, hopefully no no fists are thrown at any point this season. But, I mean, I, the, I saw the tweet that Rozier was responding to. He said, the NBA, NBA, the new WWE, shake my head. And he was responding to a quote from Rudy Gobert after the game where Gobert said, guys need to stop acting like they're going to fight. They know in two seconds there's going to be 20 security guards in between us. Guys that are not about that life need to stop acting like they are. If somebody wants to fight, if somebody wants to fight, I'm easy to reach. Well, (laughs) one thing I'll say about Rudy Gobert and the uh, feature story I reported about him this year is I didn't know he boxed since I think he was like nine or 10 years old. He used to do boxing. And there's this one time he had a quit because like he like injured his fist or something for like a cut something like that i don't know i don't know i didn't get the full story because it wasn't part of the story i didn't report it out but he stopped boxing when he was like 12 13 years old i believe he's resumed like many professional players are in their mm. training so rudy gobert might be about that boxing life um street if fighting were, life, if, it, if, street fighting is a different category i'm not sure I, for miles turner either i know i know he's raised in a good household miles turner's not a fighter I must say that if I were uh, if I were compiling a list of NBA guys that are, in the words of Rudy Gobert, about that life, about that life, I think it would take a while before I'd get to Rudy Gobert. But I think that's fair. It is fair considering the amount of you know players like we talked about earlier this week with the Morris brother, Morris brothers and Jokic. Yep, both in their own respective ways come from tougher backgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> a worn torn country <laughs> for Yosich. <laughs> These are, uh, yeah. And uh, the Morris brothers, I don't want to. I don't want to fight those yeah. guys. <laughs> but I mean, you are you are seeing heightened levels of aggression yeah. in these games, and that is, you know, it again. This is twice in one week, and I don't think that because guys are getting frustrated about not getting calls. I was watching back. Um, all the all the clips from that game, like kind of leading up to where uh, where when that happened, and there was twice where Donovan Mitchell was like caught on the mic yelling at the referee as yeah. he finished a drive. You know, like things were things were boiling over, right? And you know, again, I'm a fan of the more physical brand of basketball, and that they are, and that there's a better flow to these games, and we're not getting as many stoppages, and the games aren't going regularly two and a half hours. Um, You know, a lot of these games are being played in two hours or right at two hours. I do think all of that is better. I just know that we haven't seen much of this over the course of the past couple of years. And I don't think it's necessarily bad. I really don't. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to spill it over to the crowd. I don't want anybody getting like super hurt, but I also don't know if it's bad for the league to become more physical and no. that that is a a repercussion of that is that you're going to have guys getting into it but i don't i don't necessarily think guys getting into it is bad but it can get bad it can yeah it, can. it, it you know it opens potential for you know you don't want another malice in the palace 
You know, no, and that. that's that's fans, you know? right? That, that was fans, exactly. Yeah. That was that was driven by fans there, more, well, not enough. necessarily the players, right? But you, know, you can't let it spill over into the crowd. You know, people have to be adults. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I I think overall we've talked about it every week on the show, Chris. The the basketball encore product is sensational right now, and if it means there's a couple more like fake fake fights, scuffles. Some yep. dancing, spinning around, hugging each other like Turner and Gobert did last night. So be it. So be it. I mean, it's silly. It's it's silly. Like Gobert said, they're not going to fight. <laughs> they're just yep. not going to fight. And if, if it happens, it's going to be an exception. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. I, I think guys are going to police themselves. And it's just going to be a lot more of what we saw last night, if anything. Yeah. But also, uh, it's a good game. It's a good game. It's a close game. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, and and, I mean, and Bro- Brogdon was off the chart. Yeah. He was um, great. Down the street. But with uh with Utah, um Utah is interesting, Chris. They have the second offensive rating. They were not good offensively last night. Um, but they're second in o- offensive rating in the NBA despite being 25th in three-point percentage. It's pretty hmm. weird. Like it's a weird thing for Utah because they're third in the NBA. Let me just say the number straight. Second in the NBA in offensive rating, third in the NBA in three-point attempts but 25th in the NBA in three-point percentage. Utah is shooting way worse from three than they were last year. And like it's one of the reasons why, like in, even in last night's game, they lost. They were 9 of 32, 28%. If they start shooting threes the same way they did last season, their offensive rating is going to go boom. Mm-hmm. It's going to go boom. They're, they're a yeah. funky team so far this year. And Indiana, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, they, they had a good game, dude. Like they, they have a lot of talent on their roster. Duarte still continues to impress Brogdon, as you said last night. Um, Indiana's got a good team, good players yep. at least. Yeah, and I, you know, again, guys have been, guys have been um, a little wary of out and out blaming the ball, but when they get asked about it, you are seeing that a lot. Now, the last time they tried this, now that was different because they went from leather to synthetic it was a different kind of ball and we got to about december and they switched it back right of that year and that was many many years ago this time around just i went to go look because um i'll give you an interesting one last night there was that clippers heat game duncan robinson is shooting like an abysmal percentage. It's like thirty five percent or something like that for him. It's low for him. No, 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 no. It is not thirty five percent. No, it is thirty one percent. That's what he yeah. said. Thirty one percent on nine attempts per game. At nine attempts a game, and yeah. I think l- last night was a- another one of those nights where it was it-, it was bad for him. And I went to go look to see if anybody had asked him about it, and. You know, he's got the pressure of signing the big contract. We've talked about guys and how kind of a month needs to pass before it just becomes the new norm for them that um, the expectations they put on themselves and the pressure they put on themselves when they sign big deals. Um, But he said, if you threw me a Wilson ball and you threw me a Spalding ball a hundred times out of a hundred, I could tell you the difference Hmm. as soon as I touch it. And there are other guys. I saw Paul George saying, this one, every Spalding ball felt the same, and these oddly feel different, and they hold moisture differently, and they get slicker, and you see more bad misses than you've ever seen before. That's what Paul George said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I was, I, I, I'm just interested by the whole thing. I, I'd be right? curious to know if that's like an anecdotal experience, like if one day... You know, his hands were just sweatier. There's more humidity in the gym. And he just thought the ball was different when really the ball is the same. It was just the, the atmosphere. I don't know. I'm, I'm just talking off the dome here. I, don't, I, I just wonder, you know, how different the balls really could be. You know, for players, is this just an adjustment period that's close enough to the Spalding ball? It's not like the numbers have, you know, are way down. Uh, league-wide free throw percentage is 77.0%. Uh, instead of, you know, the last four years was 77.8, 77.3, 76.6, 76.7. Free throw percentage is not far off from what it's been. Three-point percentage is slightly lower, yep. 34.4% down from 36.7, 35.8, 35. 35.8. So it's a slight dip, but it's not a, a dramatic fall off on free throw percentage or three-point percentage. Like I believe it was maybe... Seth Partnow from The Athletic did a, a study that uh, three-point percentage is usually lower 
in the first part of the season. Here's what I th- so I would, mean, like this isn't out of the norm. And and uh, one of my theories would be that there will be an adjustment period for many of the guys that are quote shooters, right? And more sure, so than yeah. uh, more 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 so than other guys. And with any change, and you're never going to hear this. There's for sure guys out there that probably love it. And I I don't know if yeah, you saw right. this. I don't Lonzo, know if you saw this Lonzo. tweet we got. Lonzo Ball. The tweet that we got. Oh, and the guy Wilson. The guy the guy did a callback to a tweet that you had sent yep. years and mm. years ago yeah. about Lonzo <laughs> and a Spalding mm. ball and a Wilson yep. ball. Yeah. So <laughs> with Lonzo Ball, uh in twenty seventeen. Um, I wrote a story for the ringer, the key to understanding Lonzo balls, funky jumper. And this was March, 2017 when he was finishing his year at UCLA and last his, his first year at UCLA and his final year at UCLA, he shot significantly better with the Wilson ball in his (laughs) hands. And the Wilson ball is what he grew up using in, you know, junior high, AAU high school, and at the time, uh, 26 games using the Wilson ball, he shot 44% from three compared to 34% with the Nike ball. And the reason why I even looked that up or thought to look that up during his college year in the first place is because a couple of executives who mentioned, you know, we sometimes look into like the, the type of ball players are using certain, you know, conferences use balls that guys tend to shoot a lower percentage. So we look into that and, and he's like, with Lonzo, it could be a thing like that too. And, and it was, and now yeah. Lonzo shooting, you know, like 44% from three using the Wilson ball better than he's ever been before. Um, Lonzo, he might be loving it right now, but he's like, he's gotten better every year with the Spalding ball, but the Wilson ball probably came at the right time in his development for him to go boom, Chris. <laughs> and I may be, and I may, and I may just be using confirmation bias and looking for some kind of reasons. But you know, one of the best shooters uh, that we have seen that is a young player in the league is Desmond Bain, who I regularly Bain. watch. He, he he's made about one of his last twenty. Chris, we, like, we did a he, we did a Desmond Bain video today. Bet oh, is that ti- right? Poor timing when he was yeah, like well, one for thirteen the other night. No, no, he's seriously like one for his last twenty from three. And then I watched Robinson last night, and I'm like, I wonder with these guys that are it's shooters, such, it's such if, small samples though. I know, Chris. I know, it is. And, 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 if, and if, if he hits, look, they're great shooters. They're going to end up making it, shots. He, so but, de- just to, just to like explain, Desmond Bain. It's 27 of 80 from three right now, which is 33.8%. If he made five more, he'd be 40%. Yep. And nobody would even be talking about, oh, Desmond Bain's no, no, no. during talking, struggles. No, I'm I talking know, about recently. Oh, I know, I know. The, the recent side, because he started the year great. The, yeah, the last three, three yes. games, he's yes. one for 17. So imagine how great he was before that. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's me? still it's still so early. I mean, I think, I think for me, when it comes to some of the percentages, either from the line or from three, I, I'm going to wait until halfway point totally fair. you know it, it might to, just be a small sample you know, it might just be a small sample and i think you know from what I, what I understand people have talked to with the league the ball's like close enough yeah that it's not something that's be super difficult to adjust to like the synthetic ball years ago that was dramatically different that right. was a whole new thing they were touting it out innovating the ball it's a brand new experience it was a brand new experience and players hated it this is similar enough that I no, think that, I, the guys are going to be able to adjust. And if you don't, that's your problem. The only way they change it is if LeBron James said he hates the ball. And then they, <laughs> and then I wonder if, if LeBron came out and said he hates the ball and they got to change it. I wonder what they do. I, I think they would say, Hey, LeBron, you're shooting the best from the free throw line that you have in like 10 years. Well, you're also not playing. Yeah, you're also not playing right now, so get, get back on the court, buddy. <laughs> you're killing our national TV programming. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, the game that I watched that was the early game was the NBA TV game, which was Toronto and Philly. Now, mm. Philly was without Joel Embiid uh, in this game. They did, get, they did have Tobias Harris there. Um, uh, you saw, saw Maxi, Chris. You saw yeah. Maxi. I love Maxi. Mm. I really do. I love Maxi. Um, good player, and he's had, man. He's had a couple. He's had a couple recent, uh, really good scoring outputs, uh, to say the least. But just watching that game last night, they are um, that Raptors team. Uh, 
you had Van Vliet make some huge, huge plays down the stretch. But just in terms of as a team to watch, they are a fun watch because they bop the ball around and then defensively, they are just like you're I almost view it as like a football team that blitzes every time, right? Like sometimes you had these teams where they just blitz every friggin' time. And yeah, they might give up 50 points doing this, but it's just total boomer bust because they jump everything. Like between, and I, I saw this stat this morning uh, that they lead the league in deflections. So it's not just my eyes, you know, thinking, Good grief, man. These guys just fly in these passing lanes. They lead the league in deflections. Uh, Gary Trent averages the most at four and a half. Then Van Vliet at four. Then Ananobi at three. That is the first, fourth, and 12th ranked players in the league in deflections. And they're second in opponent turnover rate. Now, once you settle in, if your team doesn't turn it over, they're not that hard to score against because the other numbers don't hold up as well. But again, it's like the team that blitzes every time. And a lot of the times it's going to work out. Um, and they kind of just fly around the court. Cause I think, I think that's what, that's how you, uh, that's how you combat being small. Cause you are small, right? Especially when you're going to have Van Vliet, Trent and, and, and Noby, you know, playing those three guys together. Uh, you don't have that much size, especially when you're playing Barnes too at four. He's big kid, but I mean he's not your traditional, you know, not power forward not, down not on a, the block, down yeah. on the blocks guy, yeah, right? Two hundred eighty pounds, seven right. footer. No, that's right. But they were uh, they, they were fun to watch, and thank you, Chris. A, it's actually a really good game. What would I tell you though about Toronto, Chris? They're a fun team, and they're they going to be competitive. They're fun. We talked about it before the season began. They, there's the amount of length and versatility and youth, their talent on their roster that's only getting better. Scotty Barnes continues to excel as a rookie. OG Ananobi's gotten even better and better and better. Um, yeah, I mean, Toronto, they don't necessarily at the moment have the 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 guy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They, they don't yeah. have their Kawhi, the guy who puts them over a top for a title, but they have all the other pieces you could ask for. Already. In fairness, they still already. don't have Siakam. Yeah, they don't see Siakam right now. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> who, who, who's yeah. their highest, you know, their highest paid player? Or is he the highest paid or is Van Vliet now? Van Vliet might have overtaken him. I'm not sure. Uh, but certainly, he's the guy that's made an all-star game. So. Yeah, I mean, and with Siakam, he played that one game against Brooklyn. Um, or two games now. Uh, Brooklyn and the Boston game. So he's played yep. two, ga- two games now, and they're still managing his minutes and everything. I, I look forward to seeing, once he's back fully in the rotation, Mm-hmm. And he's playing every night. I look forward to seeing how Toronto distributes touches because Scotty Barnes has just been fantastic. Yeah, what do you do with Barnes? Yeah, you know, I mean, I wonder. I mean, remember that the Siakam trade rumors this offseason. I'm not saying that you would trade Siakam. He's young. He's 27 years old. It's at the beginning of his contract. Good defensive player. You like Siakam. I'm not saying you don't. What I am saying is, like, I wonder how that fit will be. And if the fit isn't perfect, maybe maybe Siakam would be better somewhere else, and you're better flipping him for another piece. I don't know. I'm just thinking aloud. Multiple with, with pe- multiple pieces, probably. Yeah, you, you could get multiple you know pieces. I mean? But he's a really good player, dude. He is a really good player. He's a really good player. I mean, he, but, I mean he, had, again, he got to a slow start, but last year, but he was good. He's really good. Yeah, and but I don't know if you're ever going to give him five minutes, uh, you know, extensively. And therefore, how hard is it to get Barnes and him both on the court at the same time? It'll be it'll be interesting. I don't think it's such In a bad numbers. thing to have a, a a floor of four or five, six, eight guys though that can all switch defensively. That that'd be fun to watch. That's fair. Um, with that game, the story was obviously not the game in particular because people are going to be able to write that off and say, okay, well, Philly didn't have Joel Embiid in their lineup and the game went down to the wire. And so uh, it's it's not some kind of massive demerit to Philly, but that is just not the story. The first story is, of course, MB being out for COVID protocol. And I do feel like there's just so much action and so many games. People are not like focused on this as they have been possibly in other sports or as we were in the past. 
because we have had guys, big, big name guys going out for COVID so far this season. Um, and Embiid's one of the biggest stars in the league and he's out. And I guess it's just kind of Joel Embiid's out COVID protocol. It's going to be 10 days at minimum. And that's that. And everybody just kind of goes on <laughs> with yeah, life. You know, it's kind of, it is kind of odd how things have changed so dramatically when, mm -hmm. you know, a year ago, if we would have heard that we go, Oh my God, COVID protocol. And who was he in contact with? And what yeah. does this mean for the Sixers? And is Joel Embiid going to be okay? And, yeah. I mean, a, lot, a lot's changed. I was thinking about this the other day. It's been 13 months since the Lakers heat played in the finals. Wow. It's like, it feels like it's been multiple years, but it also feels like it's just been a couple months. Time is moving simultaneously at lightning speed and also just, just yep. slug, slugging along. It's, it's a, this weird, weird feeling that we have uh, with the, with the time that we're all in in our respective lives here. But uh, yeah, with the COVID proto protocols, Chris, yeah, it is strange. Joel Embiid, one of the biggest stars could have won MVP last year. Had he stayed healthy uh, is in COVID protocols and it's not even a peep about any of that, but that's just because well, we know, so, not, we, well, we, we know so much more about the virus and all the NBA's protocols are, are working much better now. And people are vaccinated too. Also. Right. But people aren't also like with a lot of these now, maybe they are having, maybe they are doing it and I'm just not paying attention or not uh, reading every article about them. I just see basically the surface news uh, on, on a lot of these and I'm just like, Oh, okay. He's going to be out for a while. Okay. Well now what are they, what's their schedule coming up and whatever else you just kind of, it just kind of like, this is what's happening or whatever. But it felt like there was a lot more of the, well, was he vaccinated? Was he vaccinated? How many guys on the team are vaccinated? Who's not vaccinated? You know what I mean? Like, because there was a big, at the beginning, like 98% or whatever of the league is vaccinated. And then we have these COVID positive tests. And you do wonder, like, are these all vaccinated individuals that are getting it? And I think that on, on some level, people have just kind of let that go too. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you know, when you when you get vaccinated, it doesn't stop you from getting the virus. It that's stops right. you from dying. That's I mean, right. Or getting seriously, you know, you know, affected by it to the point you have to go to the hospital. That that's where the vaccine helps, which is why I don't understand why people always bring up COVID cases amongst the vaccinated. You can still get COVID and when you're vaccinated. It's like, yes, you can, but the chances of you dying or getting serious illness are severely, severely, you know, minimized yes. from it. So, for I mean, sure. I think that's that's probably one of the big reasons why we don't talk about it the same way for vaccinated people or vaccinated players. No, no, I'm saying people don't care as much about the whole or it, it, you juxtapose it through like every morning for a week. And I get it. He went for on sure. TV. Aaron Rodgers went on and, and did his whole bit. But every yeah. day it was about players vaccinated, players not vaccinated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, times you change. Know. Yeah. Well, like I was watching, I was watching Lamar Jackson last night playing against Miami. And I remember at the beginning of the season, he like, he told everybody no, he I wasn't vaccinated and everybody just lets it go. I mean, like, it's not, it's just odd. I didn't see a minute of that game, but I, I it's terrible, my, terrible. I, I know, I know in my fantasy matchup, I'm facing Lamar Jackson and Justin Tucker. I was very happy to see those guys oh. had poor nights. I'm yeah, in a mu must win situation, Chris here. Let me tell you, I've, I've, I've suffered rampant injuries across my roster and in, in my, in my pay for Yahoo league. Allow me to allow me to tell you, you miss nothing. You, yeah, you miss, you miss not, you miss nothing. Uh, I don't um, think so. 22 to 10 Miami. Today's episode of the mismatch is brought to you by Hulu plus live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV, stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu plus live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. The big story with the 76ers is not a loss to the Raptors. It is not Joel Embiid being out for an extended amount of time. It is there was an advancement in the Ben Simmons mess mm, last night. It's a night. mess, all right, and that's for damn sure. It is a mess. As Clutch and Rich Paul come out, they put out a statement about Ben Simmons. Um, and so this this already been a mess, and now it just continues to get messier. Um, and last night, you have the 
you have the representation for Ben Simmons basically calling out the 76ers and saying you're either going to help the guy or you're going to say that he's lying regarding his mental health issues. So what Shams wrote last night was that the six, not only like is they not helping or they, they, he said the Sixers recent acts and recent actions are exacerbating his mental health issues and that the team wants to deem him fit to force him to play regardless of what he tells the team's mental health therapist. That's what Rich Paul told Sham Sharania from the athletic that they're exacerbating his mental health issues. Chris, that's what they say is happening by all, all this public stuff. They're saying they made it worse. Look, I went back because this has all been mental health and the the struggles that someone has with that is very real. Um, There are quite a few people that look back and they say, here's a timeline of all of this and the reasons in which he did not want to play with the Philadelphia 76ers never included that, right? That was never that, that that wasn't one of the reasons given as to why he was going to be unable to play. So then you get to he doesn't even want to show up to training camp. Again, it's not because of his mental state of mind. It's because he does not want to play for the 76ers anymore. Even you wrote the article about how he's done with the MB. It's not a pairing anymore. He doesn't want that anymore. Okay. So then he gets to camp and he's uh, or aloof and doesn't want to be a part of anything, go through any of the drills and whatever else. And then he, when it's time, now it's time to play and he's got, oh, I hurt my back. And there yep. were those that believed that he said, I hurt my back as a reason as to not play. That that, I, that, that, I, I heard from multiple people connected to the situation at the time it happened, the day it happened, that there were people that believed he was faking it at the, the day it happened. So I can't travel. I can't play. And this is when the finding starts. Right. Yep. And so now we fast forward and he they say he said, I don't want to play because of my mental health. They say, well, you can, we'll, we'll help you in any way that we can. He says, I'm going to use my own people. They say, use our people. Uh, you know, that's kind of contingent upon getting the paycheck. And so th- now this becomes a massive, massive mess where the kid says he's got mental health issues um, of which they're not only not helping, but they're making it worse. And they keep on, they just want him to play and he's not in the right state of mind to play. And then you have them obviously saying this guy doesn't want to play. And he's coming up with reasons as to not want to play. And now this is the most serious of the reasons that yeah. he's given. And so that's why rich Paul's saying, then call him a liar. They call him a liar. And now you're in a really tough spot. I went back to find this out and uh, just to just to, uh, on the mental health front, right? Because I think it's fair to go back and just find out what people were saying. I found an old tweet by Mark Spears, and this is like before the season, okay? During the offseason. Mark Spears on Ben Simmons, quote, his circle keeps telling me that he's in good mental place. That's wow. big. I'm not mm. asking them. They're telling me that unsolicited. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know Mark Spears tweeted that out. I mean, it's a long time ago now, wow. but I'm just right saying bef- if we're right do- before the season he tweeted that. But but if but if we're talking about if we're if we're talking about when did wow when when did like when did this come about? How long has this been an issue? I will tell you, and maybe he's gone into a a dark place again. Maybe he's having mental uh you know mental health issues right now but there was at least one point when all this was going on when ben simmons camp was telling mark spears now again is that so they can get a trade going is that for whatever reason but that was out there um he said he is in a good place mentally that's big Mm. and his circle in fact i am going to just so 
He said, I'm not asking them about it either. He says, they're telling me that unsolicited. So that's, that's eight weeks ago. That's what Spears said. Yeah. Wow. I, I did not know that he said that. So he said that on the Hoop Collective podcast. That's where that's, Spears said that. I, I don't know. Wait a minute. What, what pod was that? Uh, that was the John Krasinski part. Uh, that was on our buddy John's podcast. Mm. His, his Timberwolves show. Yep. So he that said that on, on that podcast. So. So on John's show, Mark Spears said that. I didn't know that. I mean, look, mental health is incredibly difficult to discuss. I mean, we don't know what Ben's going through. It's possible this is the first card that Clutch has pulled that is honest. It's possible. Possible. It's possible. possible. This is the first honest card. It's something that they didn't want to discuss as the reason. That's possible. Um, But I I think it's also reasonable and, and fair to look at it from Philly's perspective and say, I mean, we have a ton of people in our organization that believe like you're faking your injury to get out of practicing. And, like a lot of people believe that there. And so, you know, there's a level of distrust with what you're being told. So here's it's, the level. The level of distrust is. And look, again, sensitive topic. But for four months, this was never the reason never he was thing, not no. playing for Philly. For four months, it was never the reason given. It was never the reason given. And eight weeks ago, his camp told Mark Spears unsolicited he is in a great mental place. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, all the way until we've had four months, if at the very beginning of all of this, he would have said, I am not in the right headspace to play NBA basketball. People are understanding. Have you seen one criticism or one any anybody saying anything about Calvin Ridley walking away from the Falcons? Not one, because he was open Not and honest one. about it right away. Right Not away. One. Yeah. Not one. Especially in this day and age, people are much more compassionate Definitely. regarding real issues. But when for four months, that's never what was said. Eight weeks ago, the opposite, the literally the complete opposite was said. And then once you got to camp, there's been three different reasons given as for why you can't compete and why you can't play. None of which were mental health. And now as this comes about, you say they just want me to play. They're not helping me. And it is, of course, people are going to roll their eyes. If, if, because again, at the beginning, if you say, hey, man, this is what's going on, here's the issue, and here's why Ben's not playing for the 76ers, it wouldn't even be a thing. People now are, are, they're not, they're not lining up to criticize guys that are, in the wrong headspace and got to deal with some stuff. I've just gave you the Calvin Ridley example. Sure. There's, there's other yeah. guys too yeah. that have done it. I, I want to read the quote from rich Paul within the article by Shams. Uh, rich Paul said, this is no longer about a trade. This is about finding a place where we can help Ben get back to his mental strength and get back on the floor. I want him on the floor playing the game that he loves. I want Ben on the floor, whether that's in a Sixers uniform or any other uniform, that's not up to me, but I want him in a state where he can resume play. Um, and then Shams followed up reporting Sixers officials say they were pleased to hear Paul state. He is open to Simmons staying in Philadelphia um, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's very, it's very interesting how clutch came out. So forward about this through their guy and Sharania um, from like a strategic perspective. I'm just intrigued why they did this. I don't think either side. Has has I, I think they both contributed to the mess that this has become. It's a right? big time mess. And, no, it's, an, and it's, it's a public negotiation between now the it's agency ego. and the team. No, That's what it it's is. E- it's egos now. Are you sure? And that yes, it's egos now. That ego is why you go on the radio and say this could take four or five years. That's ego. Just gonna say four or five years before this gets resolved. That's what Daryl Morey said. That's yeah, ego. publicly. Yeah. yeah, that's ego. Come on. And then the other side, Rich Paul, this is ego. It's just saying I want because they. It, it, I went back and I I went back and looked at the entire timeline of all of this, going all the way back to the Houston stuff, and even after the season, there was a there was an article about Rich Paul 
with the Sixers about met with them about whether it made sense for them to work together to find a trade before next season, right? And of course, they agreed that it's probably best. Um, and that they were going to be talking ahead of the draft. They were going to be talking ahead of free agency. Um, and then, you know, the Sixers, uh, by all reports, they say, well, no, 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 no. We want to keep Ben here. And then, of course, it ends in the summer with him saying, I, I'm not playing there <clears throat> anymore. And so at one point there was communication and they were going to just try to find him a different landing spot. And then I found, I mean, I can't tell you how many different articles about trades, rumored trades, or reporting that was done by all manner of different NBA reporters about the 76ers and what Daryl Morey wanted for Ben Simmons. Star. Right? A Harden-esque package was one of the terms that was used many, many times, including by Adrian Wojnarowski. A star um, player, a difference maker is what he has said. You know, we're not doing this for role players. And then there were all manner of reported trades. So there were uh, all kinds of rejected trades, but they were all like, and a lot of them were reported as Philly offered Simmons for, and then it would, and then it would follow with this outrageous return. Like, like the McCollum right. and six picks. Yeah. Or like uh, here, here's one. The Raptors reportedly turned down an offer with Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and the number four pick. The Warriors... <laughs> The re Warriors <laughs> reportedly rejected an offer for Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, the seventh pick, the 14th pick, and two additional first rounders. Here's one I found from you. Kevin O'Connor says the 76ers wanted a haul from the Spurs that included the Spurs sending Philadelphia, one of their young core players, and much more. There's so much stuff floating around right now about the Sixers having outrageous demands like wanting four first-round draft picks and three pick swaps and a young player from the Spurs. All these deals yeah. you hear about are outrageous. Nobody's doing that for Ben Simmons. That th This is your quote. Yep, you're right. Your quote. Right. Okay, and so a myriad of stories about how Daryl Morey was calling people, making outrageous offers, thinking he was going to get some kind of crazy return for Ben Simmons. And my point is the way this, this didn't have to be this way. And I'm not saying that you have to take a bad deal, but to me, if you read all those stories in succession, it adds up to badly overplaying your hand. What you thought you had as an asset is not what you had as an asset. And to me, that asset now continues to go down day by day by day by day. I don't think that's true, Chris. The, the asset, the, the the value of Ben Simmons has not gone down. It was never high because teams have lowballed throughout. I mean, Daryl Morey, the reason why he's asking for this outrageous stuff in return for Ben Simmons is because he's just biding his time. He's just waiting He's waiting for December 15th. He's waiting for the season to develop when more players will be eligible to be traded. He's waiting for a team to, you know, disappoint and want to make a panic move. And, and instead of offering, you know, player a and player B that they would be willing to give player a and player B and draft picks X, Y, and Z. Like he's waiting for those offers to get better when teams get desperate or more players are eligible to be traded or for the ultimate dream for Damian Lillard to say, I want out of Portland or, you know, some star player to say, I want out that opportunity might not be there, but he's waiting for a chance to find a hardened style trade where he's giving Ben Simmons and five first round picks instead of giving Ben Simmons up for multiple players and getting picks. He's the guy who wants to add more picks on and, and he's just waiting and biding his time. He's really like these offers. If somebody's going to take it, somebody he'll do the deal. But that that's why he's waiting here. He's just waiting for the right moment. I don't think offers are going to get worse. Like that Brogdon Levert thing that was reported about Indiana. If they still want to do that in December, January, February, like that's not going to get worse. It's not going to suddenly just become Malcolm Brogdon. Only. They've already, well, there is updating reporting on that saying Brogdon's off the table now. It could be. I mean, he did sign his extension, right? So I don't yeah. believe he's even eligible to be traded. Yeah. So, so that he's off the table now. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess, I, I guess that's not a good example on my end then. But yeah, so, Brogdon's not eligible to be traded. Yeah. So I mean, I just, I, I, how you tell me how the how the how is the value of Ben Simmons not going down? Because it, it, it wasn't up in the first place. It wasn't up to a point that was acceptable. Daryl you, you don't you don't think that this has made it worse? No, it hasn't. All of this mess? It hasn't, Chris. What? It hasn't. Who would trade for him? A team that wants a, a six foot ten, highly versatile defensive player who's an elite playmaker who can score at the rim and in a different role could be even better. Than he was in Philadelphia. Like, why wouldn't you want to trade for Ben Simmons despite all this bullshit that's happening right now? <laughs> well, that, 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 well, that's you buried the lead. <laughs> you buried the lead. If we're talking strictly. You said, am, am I talking to Daryl or am if, I talking to Kevin O'Connor? Talk, if we're talking strictly about the player, I mean, look, dude, there, there's. I, I don't necessarily think all the stuff Clutch is doing is going to change the fact that a team would want to add a 25 year old star. I just, I just don't, I don't think teams care that much. Okay. If they're getting you the player. Me, then why were the offers never good? Because that's it's all when, a that's circle. What, Cause that's when negotiations are, dude, you start what? low, you start low. You see you people perceive Philadelphia as the team that was in a position where they had to make a decision and they had to make a trade. So if you're one of the 29 other teams, oh, and they why, don't now? If you're one of, let me finish. If you're one of the 29 other teams, why would you offer three first round draft picks and another young guy? In addition to like the core pieces that you're offering for Ben Simmons, when you feel like this team is against the wall and they have to make a move, that would be stupid for the 29 other teams for Philadelphia. It'll be stupid for them to take that deal, which if they took Brogdon and Levert this offseason, that would not have been a good deal for Philadelphia, considering the fact they could wait and get more or the possibility of Dame saying, you know what? I do want to leave Portland. That's just the mere possibility. The mere possibility of Daryl Morey being able to trade for Damian Lillard is worth all of this crap Let that's me, happening. It's worth all of Damian it. Damian Lillard. He'll it's worth lucky. it. It's he'll worth be, it. He'll be, he'll, he'll be lucky to get Bobo McGee back in a deal at this point. If I accept what you say, which is, all that's right, not true. they were up against the wall. Why would there's 29 other teams that think that they have to make a deal, right? And so that's why the offers were taken. What the hell has changed except for that's gotten worse? Why on earth? What, would what changes anybody... everything else? Everything what? else changes. What, the, what the, 20, the 29 other teams change. Like what I'm saying is more players become eligible to be traded because of the contract. The CBA doesn't allow certain players to be dealt out if they require the soft season until, until December 15th. What changes is teams get desperate. Minnesota is three and seven and they're instead of saying, Oh, we're not going to give you multiple first round picks in addition to these players. Then they say, you know what? We do need to get into that playing tournament. We have to make a move. Now we're going to give you this, 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 and this instead of just two of those pieces. That's what changes everything else for the but Sixers. Li but life is leverage. Six who is, who are you? Who are you bargaining against? Like the idea that there's going to be some high demand for Ben Simmons is crazy to me. There, there might not be, Chris. You know what? But but I don't think the deal that they get in January is necessarily going to be any worse than what they could have gotten during the off season. It could well, be. We'll never it, know. Could, it, it could be even. I would. I would say this, Chris. I'm just curious about your thoughts on this. I would say even if Philadelphia takes a slightly worse offer in January or February, it was worth the wait. And the reason why I'm saying that is because again, the chance of a star becoming available outweighs just settling during the off season. The chance of a team getting desperate and giving more than they should, despite not bidding against anybody else is worth the wait. I don't that, think, that's my perspective. Okay. And I what told Philly's you this, doing. I told you this last night to me, they had a house that was worth a million dollars. They wanted 1.2 million for it. it. it was, and then it, somebody came to them and they said, all right, I'll give you 800, 900,000 for it. And they said, nope, not doing that. I want my 1.2. And and then they went around and telling everybody, hey, if you give me 1.2, I'll give you this. If you want give me 1.2, I'll give you this. And then the market tanked, and all of a sudden, it's now six hundred thousand dollars. It's just and not that's true, what, Chris. And that's I'm what sorry. you can get. It's not true. It the, is the, true. The, the, the house is on sale for a million and they got offered a quarter million. That's not it, true. Nobody you look by your okay. own admission. 
They were running around with outrageous demands. Yes, because they're getting such shit offers. No, they, they, their they, offers. It, they're getting they're, low offers. They're asking for a lot. Eventually, they want to meet somewhere in the middle, and maybe they won't. Maybe all they're going to get is these garbage offers, and they're going to have to end up settling for less. They're not garbage. They're not garbage offers for, when you're for, talking for about ben, for Ben Simmons for what he can be as a player for his youth and the fact that he signed long term and his importance to the team. Yes, Daryl. I think Daryl Morey has played it great, and, and I know we disagree on that, Chris, because of how messy it's gotten publicly. I, you want to go back and look at what I said? I said to you months ago that this is going to get ugly. It's gotten ugly. It has gotten ugly. I said at the time it's going to get ugly and it's going to be worth it. It's worth it for the upside. They might not get the upside. It might not happen. It might not. Also, the other upside is Ben Simmons returning and him being a productive player. (laughs) 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 And guess what? (laughs) And guess what? That 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 one could probably be crossed off. Well, that one can probably be crossed off, Chris. All I'm saying is that the upside is worth it. For okay. all the ugliness from the Philadelphia 76ers perspective, there are so many franchises that would have folded and traded for him, traded him for an offer that made them oh worse. My God. So many folded. teams would have done that. So folded. many teams would have done love, it. I love this. Daryl hasn't given in. Daryl hasn't given in. It's not I just Daryl. It's the give Sixers it organization. If anything, give, if anything, it's ownership more than anything. Given in. He's been trying to trade the guy for a freaking year. Yeah, because he wanted to get James Harden. Given in. He hasn't given in. He tried. He was trying. They literally went to Ben Simmons and told him, prepare to go to Houston. Yeah, because that it's was James Harden, ago. An, an MVP candidate that would have made them better. And it wasn't just Ben Simmons. It was Simmons and pick swaps and but, but picks that's, and, that's, and, and Matisse Thibault. But I mean, but that was like the first order of business was I it was move, uh, uh, Ben Simmons trade. And then his name was in trades for like the whole year. And then his tr- name was in trades in the off season. And now it's like, oh, good on Daryl Morey for not giving in. Giving in? He's trying to trade this son of a bitch for a year. Yes, he's what? trying to train him. He's trying to train him for something better, Chris. Giving in? Giving in? <sighs> Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. Like, can, can we, can we talk basketball for a minute? Like, because we're talking, we're talking in circles here. Can we talk? I want to talk basketball for a second. I okay. Mean, all right. So let's, let's say Damian Lord never becomes available and, and he needs to trade. He needs to either keep Ben Simmons through four years saying, I'm going to keep you through the deadline. Even if you don't come back, or let's say there's offers on the table. What I'm getting to is this Tyrese Maxey last night, 33 points. It's not his first time having a great game so far this season for Philadelphia. He's averaging 17 points. He's shooting 38% from three. Finally, his touch from the free throw line since high school, his touch from floater range, runner range since high school is translating to three point success. Tyrese Maxey in his second year is looking significantly better than he did as a rookie. Seth Curry has been outstanding for Philadelphia. He's having the best season of his career. They've unleashed him, averaging 17 points, shooting 48% from three. They've just been great. If you're Philadelphia, 
I, I wonder, let's say you do trade Ben Simmons for the type of offer you're talking about. You know, you're just taking something to add to your team instead of having a wasted player. And well, I don't, th- I don't think bench. like a Malcolm but, Brogdon, Levert, and a pick deal well, would have, you know, I mean, Zion, like, well, what I'm saying though is this like, your backcourt suddenly isn't looking bad with Maxi and Curry performing the way are. Never mind Furkan Korkmaz coming off the bench as a wing. He's mm. been really, really dynamite for Philadelphia. So, what I'm getting at is what it, what would you trade Ben Simmons for? I mean, I think it's a wing. I'd want a wing because their guards shooting. are looking pretty good right now. A wing who can shoot. Yeah, right? more shooting. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the whole philosophy, I think, much like we saw with Giannis last year, is when you've got a when you've got a player like Embiid, and you know, and and they're doing this with great perimeter players too, right? You're trying to surround Luka Doncic with guys that can knock down shots. You're trying to surround um, all manner of guys that could get into the lane with guys that they could kick out to and knock down shots. And and now with Embiid being more of a facilitator, yeah, I mean, I think you can never have enough shooting guys that can knock down shots. And so I would also try to pair him with the best possible perimeter player I could. And so maybe that ends up being CJ McCollum. Maybe that ends up being Buddy Heald. Maybe it ends up being a Malcolm Brogdon type player. Maybe it ends up being, you know, there's all manner of guys that are out there that I think are, they're not, it's not a Harden-esque return. It's not some kind of amazing, uh, you know, future star or current star, maybe, but really out, really good players. Maybe like a lower so, tier. I get a, I get a deal. I get a deal for you, Chris. I get a deal. Okay. okay so I was texting with my Sixers Fan friend Matt Quinn, lead singer and writer of the band Mount Joy. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Just released a great new live album, Live at Red Rocks. It's fantastic, Chris. Um, but anyway, so Matt and I were texting last week and we're talking Ben Simmons. And, you know, this, this talk about like what Philly wants versus what other teams are offering. This is what a Sixers fan would be willing to accept. He said he wants the Kings package of their reasonable pieces. Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald with like, Two picks for Ben Simmons and Danny Green. A package like that sort of touches on what you're talking about. Well, you'd get Bagley, too. <laughs> you'd get him. I said you'd get Bagley, too. You'd get Bagley, throw, too. You're yeah. going to throw get, that get in. Bagley, too, yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, yeah they'll, throw, they'll throw him in. But, he, but, but, even, some, <laughs> but like uh, whether it's that those players' names or a similar type of package, something like that makes sense to me. You get a shooter. And healed well, a shooter in Barnes, too. He's like 40% from three the last four, five, six years now. A wing defender in Barnes. That's that's appealing. Like if you could get a Barnes healed plus multiple picks package, that to me is <laughs> but those worth- guys have no value too. I know. You know what I'm saying? And and, and that and that's why that's they, why that could I, be, they were trading him for Kyle Kuzma and KCP. I mean, they don't care about that. Yeah, they don't. They don't care about healed. He's you know like, what I'm saying? He's their fourth guy. Yeah, in the if you're if you're <laughs> if you're Daryl, you've really got to like swallow your pride. Okay. If you're if you're trading Ben okay, Simmons so, now for a guy that was about to get traded for Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I mean, I to an extent I agree with you, Chris. But the, the player is only as valuable as he is to you, and like how, uh, the value of the player. Like it's like an, I talked about fantasy football earlier. If you have you know five wide receivers for two starting spots in your flex, but you need a back. I mean, even though that fifth wide receiver might be the the second wide receiver on the other team, uh, it shouldn't change the fact for the other team that w- what that player means to you. You know what I'm saying? Like it, what it means to you is really all that matters than what it does to the other team. But with that said, what you're saying is again, to the point of why Philly wants to wait for something better. If you yourself believe that that deal is something you got to swallow your pride to accept, and it's not necessarily the best thing to do. Well, in that case, that's why Philadelphia wants to wait for something better for something better than that. And until that, it might not come. They might have to to swallow their pride. That's where we we break ways because I look at it and I say, there was once upon a time where you could probably could have gotten like Malcolm Brogdon, Levert, and a first rounder, and now even that kind of stuff's off the table. Nobody wants to deal I'm with not, this. Bull. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd rather Brogdon and Levert. Well, I'm just saying. Over. Nobody wants. I, the, the point is, people don't want to deal with this crap. I mean, it's a it's a mess. It's a mess. I think Maybe. your your amount of teams that 
were at one point possibly interested, I think has gone down. Cleveland has played good now. They were one of the teams. Well, that could be uh, one of the reasons why they would want to do it. Golden State's played really well now. They were one of the teams. Well, can we talk I mean, about Golden State for a second? Golden yeah. State, you see the way yes. they're using Gary Payton? Yeah. Uh, so imagine, imagine Ben Simmons in the Gary Payton role. Imagine that. Just, just imagine Ben Simmons doing what Gary Payton's doing. He's screening and rolling and cutting, bringing the ball up the floor, playing with defensive energy. Imagine that guy being like a foot taller. That'd be scary. If you put Ben I Simmons just, into the Golden State Warrior system, that would be terrifying. Unfortunately, I think the best thing, the best asset you could probably get from them is Wiseman, which you don't need. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, the Golden State trade package is very challenging because yeah. their their package would be built around youth. Kaminga, right. Moody, Wiseman, you know, some combination of their young guys and, and future picks. But Daryl Morey himself has said, I, I want a proven player. I want somebody who helps us win a championship today. We're not going to do anything that lowers well, our title odds. You, I mean, well, in that player, you would have to include Wiggins just to make the salaries. Yeah. You know it, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't even know for Golden State. I, I say plug Simmons into the Gary Payton role. Uh, they look pretty good with Gary Payton coming off their bench. I'm not sure it would make sense yeah. to give multiple young guys and Wiggins, who's very important to that team. Not to mention, else. what would yeah. your friggin' luxury tax bill be? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no kidding. It'd be pretty rough. Um, a couple other things that we do need to mention. There are a couple teams that have had a little mini dramas this week. You had Tom Thibodeau bench all of his starters for the fourth quarter the other night, and then... After the game, say, you know what they say? When it's 10 games, they say you need 20. When you say 20, they say you need 30. At 30, they say you need 40. And before you know it, the season's over. It's just a bunch of bullshit. And that's when he was asked if these guys <laughs> just need to come together. <laughs> that's what he said. Um, uh, and then here's the numbers. What's indisputable is that New York's starting lineup is not working. Uh, Walker, Fournier, Barrett, Randall, Mitchell Robinson is played more minutes than any other five-man unit in the NBA, and they've been outscored by 14 points per 100 possessions um, and has a defensive rating, so this has to be making Tibbs insane, of 119. That is seven points worse than the worst-ranked team on defense this season. And what's so strange, Kevin, their second unit, their all bench lineup, is has outscored their opponents by twenty points per one hundred mm-hmm. possessions, and that's Rose, Quickly, Burks, Toppin, Todd. So they they added these guys in the off season, but I guess it's like surprise, surprise. As much as Tibbs can bring defensive uh, philosophy to New York and that toughness, you. Uh, in the end, it's Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier as a backcourt. You're not stopping people. The Knicks have the 26th defensive rating in the NBA right now. They're 26th. Well, look at their backcourt. Yeah. You and my, you and me might get a couple buckets. I don't think so. Nah, maybe not. I don't think so. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. You couldn't post up Kemba Walker? I don't, on, I, don't, I don't think Come so. Come on. You can at least get one post uh, up. I, I, I'm maybe not a hook, scor- hook I'm not shot. scoring once. Maybe a I'm, not, I'm not scoring once. I did. I did many years ago against uh, Greg Steesma. Remember him? Greg, Greg Steesma. Remember him? Yes. The backup center. Uh, he. I, I went on the court after the game, a Celtics game, many years ago, like in 2011, 2012, something like that. And me and my friends shot around and I scored on Steesma. A little, nice. Hit, little, hit, hit a little hook shot on the baseline. Pumped my fist afterwards. I felt so good about it. I was like, I, I scored on. Greg Steemsma. And then he immediately retired? I mean, I hope he did right after that. Actually, no, I just looked up his stats. This was his rookie season. So this was the 2011-12 season, his only year in Boston. And then he played in Minnesota, despite me scoring on him. He played in New Orleans, despite me scoring on him. And he played in Toronto, despite me scoring on him. So he played three more years in the NBA, Chris, despite the embarrassment he felt of (laughs) me scoring on him. Greg Steve. I'm, <laughs> hey, what if I show up to Tuesday's show with the Steve's majority? Oh on? my God. I, I don't know. I don't know. They're gonna have to print those out for you. <laughs> what, what, probably, team, what team, what team you getting, Chris? I Boston, probably, Minnesota, New Orleans, or Toronto? Uh when I think of Greg Steensma, I well honestly I don't think of anything, but 
I think it'd have to be Boston simply to commemorate your your bucket. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And, and, and the other the other one is the debacle. And also Tommy Heinsohn comparing Craig's teams to Bill Russell once. He compared him to Bill Russell. He really did. Not not he the did. Bill Russell that played no. for the Celtics. Yeah, like no, Bill, no. Bill, the, Bill, the quote the quote from Tommy Heinsohn was. This kid has got the same timing as Russell. Oh my he gets God. out. He gets out there. He cuts them off and makes them commit. And then he has the quickness to get it before and just before the ball is totally released. Oh my goodness. Mm. Oh my goodness. I love. I, I I grew up listening to Tommy Heinsohn. Rest in peace to him. Um, Rest in peace, Tommy Heinsohn. Tommy Heinsohn. I, I love. Tommy Heinsohn is one of the reasons why I love the game of basketball. Mike Gorman too. That's Celtics announcing crew. I know people who listen to them over the years on League Pass say how biased they are. Oh no, I love it. I mean, they're by they're, they're forget about their bias. Put that aside for one second. Let's talk about their love for the game. The like homers. They, they 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 love they list they love basketball, man. And they, yeah, I'm so fortunate to have grown up listening to those guys call Celtics games. That is for, that's for sure. I I miss him being on those broadcasts. Uh, yeah. I used to love the Tommy points and listen to that. It was I, I miss great. I miss Tom, Mike and Tommy. I really do. I, I love that. Kevin, it is always a pleasure. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. Thank you to our producer, Erica Cervantes, for filling in today. And we will talk to you next week. Can't wait. Have a good weekend, everybody. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.